this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Your first time visitor, would you raise your hand? We want to honor you. Anybody here for the first time tonight? Just raise your hand up real Yeah, this is, uh, this is Kendra Brown's mom and dad, so we welcome them. Good to have them here. Bless all of you. I mean, we've got to get busy. Get, get some people in the church here. We need to see some people saved and get filled with the things of God. Amen. Well, I'm glad to see you out on a Wednesday night. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand. First of all, get your hand up real high. And then if you need a seed envelope, we're going to receive tonight's tithes and offerings. You can raise your hand for that. Our ushers are very talented in deciphering what you need. So praise the Lord. Get your hand up and go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Now, as we're turning there, you all who've been here on the last few Sundays, we've been talking about God is. God's able, He's willing, it's His desire to do the very things He said. Last week, we talked about Him being a defender. And so this Sunday, we're going to talk about God is a healer. He is a healer, okay? Now, the reason I'm telling you that right now, I want you to begin to put your faith out there. And begin to believe God and welcome that. And I know there's several of you in here, if, if not the majority, that are needing some type of healing in your physical body. Okay? What's going to happen on Sunday is we're going to obey the scriptures. James 5 says to anoint them with oil. Pray the prayer of faith over them. They'll be healed. So we're going to do that. Mark 16, 18 says lay hands on the sick and they shall get worse. They shall recover. So we're going, we're going to pray. We're going to believe God for this. You know, I, I'm just going to tell you real quick, there's, there's several in here that I know certain things are that are going on in their body. Bob Worth is here tonight. Raise both hands, Bob. We're, we're so proud of you. We're glad Bob's here. He, that was Friday night, last Friday. You know, he blew off both of those fingers, and so they pieced them back together, and we're praying that he'll be able to, to use those fingers. You know, he, he loves to play golf, and so that's my prayer. I said, Father God, you know that. And you said, I give them the desires of their heart, so I'm praying. He gonna, he's going to be able to play golf again, and it just concerns me that when God heals, it's going to be better. So I think God's going to put some bionic fingers in there. And there's no telling how far he's going to drive the ball down. So we're going to pray for that. Also, I just want to share this real quick with you. Billy, raise your hand. This is Billy. Billy's got a Is he going to be a senior? He's going to be a junior. His name is Caleb. Caleb was diagnosed with a, with a, a heart murmur. And, uh, man, they begin to pray and believe God. And so last Wednesday night, Billy and his family and, and Ken Richburg, they anointed him with oil. They begin to pray over him. Well, they showed me Sunday morning. Uh, it, it looked like an ultrasound. I don't know what you describe it. That's the best way I can. But it had, a sh- it had pictures of his heart. And the doctor said, we can't find that thing anymore. And on that ultrasound picture, guys, it, it has Jesus' name right there. It's got Jesus written on it. I'm telling you, God's a miracle working God, so I'm telling you this stuff. Get your faith out there, okay? Some of you looking at me like a cow at a new gate. Like, Pastor, God still does those things? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a healer, just as we sang tonight. All right, we're going to receive tonight's tithes and offerings. You know, a lot of times, guys, in our own life, we believe God for salvation. We can believe God for healing, but what about in the area even of our finances? 
And for a long time, you know, people have this mentality if we're not careful. One, one way you show God you're really humble is just to be poor. Now, one side of, of holiness is not to have nothing. Well, I'm going to tell you, that thanking is not a God, okay? And I'm going to give you two scriptures here. I want you to see some things about Father God. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. I want you to think about that right now. God is able, capable, willing to do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask or think. Now just reading that right there, guys, shows me that God's not broke. God's not el cheapo. Now turn over one book to, to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Listen to the wording in here. Many of you know this verse. It says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'll tell you, just look at the wording exceedingly abundantly, and he's the God of riches. So God wants to bless us. He wants to be the supplier. El Shaddai means he's the all-sufficient one. Jehovah Jireh means he's the provider. He wants to do that, but the key is doing it his way. Learning to honor God and just believe in him. And so, so get a hold of this. Begin to welcome that in your life. Let's pray. Father, we honor you today. We thank you that you are the God who does exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or thank. And I thank you tonight, Lord, that you do supply our riches. Woo, all that you have because of Christ Jesus. And we thank you for that tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As the ushers are receiving that, you know, uh, as you're praying for your meals, for your food, and I hope you do that. I hope you do that, okay? You ought to pray every time before you eat. I don't care where you're at. Someone would say, even in a restaurant? Yeah. Just be bold. Grab everybody's hands. You know, we were eating one time at a restaurant, me and my brother, and we looked at the little waitress and we said, do you mind if, if we pray over our meal? And she said, no, I don't mind at all. And we said, well, good, why don't you lead us? And she kind of looked like, oh, dear God, I can't do that. She didn't realize she was dealing with two preachers. And so, but here's the deal. When you pray over your food these, these next few days, I ask you to begin to pray over the church and for these upcoming services, guys. Begin to say, Father God, I thank you for our food, but I thank you, Lord. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your miracle power. And on top of that, why don't you throw someone's name in there? Not only are you praying for God to bless your food and everything, but pray. Say, Father God, bless David Burns today. Bless his business. Bless Pastor Daniel and Stella. Bless Jason and Roxanne. Bless, and just throw people's name in there. I think so many times our society right now is, man, the only people we worry about is us. Little stingy old me. And so, man, God's got me stirred up. Just to begin to pray and release the kingdom of God. Even over That's not what I'm talking about. That was just free, okay? That's just an extra added bonus tonight. All right. If you got a Bible, go with me to Psalm 27. 27th Psalm. Now, I'm telling you, guys, I'm, I'm excited about tonight. Some of you say, well, you're always excited about the Bible. I am, but I'm really excited tonight. And we've been talking about the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
The New International Version says a spirit of timidity, a spirit of intimidation, but of love, power, and the soundness of mind. Now, over the course of this, what we've been talking about, the spirit of fear comes to intimidate us, to keep us from fulfilling God's desires for our lives, but also to keep you from fulfilling the assignment that God has for us. Now, when the spirit of fear, the spirit of intimidation comes after us, its goal is to get us to draw back. Its goal is to get us to retreat or even compromise. So think about this. 2 Timothy 1.6, the apostle Paul said to Timothy, he said, stir up the gift within you. That gift was there, it was just dormant. Now, not only to stir the gift up, I begin to think about this over the passages we've read, specifically 1 Kings 18, with the man of God named Elijah. What would stir up the gift of God within us? What would cause that gift to really take off? Well, when you looked at Elijah's life, when he was on track and he was hitting home runs for the kingdom of God, he was bold and he was confident. Now, that boldness and that confidence only comes from knowing God, having a relationship with God, allowing God to move in you. Now, think back to 1 Kings 18. When Elijah was dealing with King Ahab, he said to him, he said, listen, buddy, it's not going to rain again till I tell it to. And you know what he didn't? Remember, he was bold. And then he shows back on the scene and he said, now go tell Ahab it's going to rain. It hadn't rained in three years, but he was bold with it. You know what happened? It did. He had a confidence. Now think even in that passage when he was dealing with those 450, the false prophets of Baal. You remember the passage as a few weeks ago? He talked trash to them, remember? He said, is your God asleep? Where is he? Why? Because there was a boldness and a confidence. Once again, let me hit this. That comes from re relationship with Father God. From no one, Father God. Man, that'll get on the inside of you. But I believe it's fueled by love, power, and a sound mind. God wants every one of us in this room to be full of love. Everything works by love. Power from the Holy Spirit, but also even a sound mind. Now let's begin tonight, Psalms 27, verse number 1. This is called an exuberant declaration of faith. That's what it says in my Bible. A, a exuberant declaration of faith. Man, I mean exuberant. Hallelujah, man. Some of you guys are going to have to start shouting tonight. Thank you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Now, this is King David saying this, and he says... The Lord is the strength of my life. The Amplified says for strength, He is my refuge. He is a stronghold of my life. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And look what he ends with the verse 1 with there. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now I'm telling you, when we fall in, into the power, the strength, we walk in the strength of a living God, I'm not going to fear anybody. But if you'll note the very first part of verse 1, he said this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? If you're born again, guys, the light of God is in you and you don't have to fear nothing. Zero. 
And not only did David know this, he declared it and he lived it. Verse 2. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Now that's a nugget in itself tonight. My heart shall not fear. What he's talking about, guys, is his insight. The real me, that spirit. And he's saying, you know what? On the inside of me, I don't care if there's an army encamped about me. My heart says, because of God, I won't fear. I won't fear. And he goes on to say here, though war may rise against me, in this, I will be confident. Now think about that word confident. I'll be bold. I'll be confident in this. In my heart, no matter what's going to happen around me, inside me, I can have a confidence. He didn't say on the outside, he said in my heart. Verse 4, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now David knew the power of God, guys. You know why he knew the power of God? Because he knew God. The only way you're going to ever really get a hold of the power of God is to know God. The thing in that verse that stands out to me in verse 4 is he said, I'm going to seek. Hebrews eleven six 6 says that with, without faith it's impossible to please God for he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. David knew this, guys. He knew the key was to diligently seek God. And because he diligently sought God, there was a boldness within David. There was a confidence within David, even at a young age. Now go with me into the Old Testament, back to the left, to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Some of you say, well, you say that every week. <laughs> well, that may be true. It's 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let me tell you what's going on here. This is the passage of a man named Goliath. And really in, in verses 4 through 7, it gives us some descriptions of Goliath. Goliath was estimated to be 9 foot 9. That's the size of a basketball goal. That is a big human being. You know, one time in my life, I was around an NBA player that was 7'5". And I promise you, I looked straight into his belly button. Stared him down. He was huge. This guy was 9'9". They say the coat that he wore, wore a, weighed approximately 126 pounds. How do you like to lug that thing around? The spear that he threw at people weighed 15 pounds. So it begins to give you an idea about this guy. Now, let's go a little bit farther and let's begin here in verse number 10. And it said, the Philistine or the Philistine, don't lose your salvation over how we pronounce that, said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Now, what was going on here is Goliath would challenge the Israelites. 
And he said, if you send someone out to fight me and you win, then we'll serve you. But if I win, you'll serve us. And so as we read on in this, you'll find out that for 40 straight days, every morning and night, Goliath would come out and he would challenge the Israelites. Verse 11, this is their uh, reaction to it. And when King Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now let's, let's get a hold of the words there. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. So there's a young little teenage shepherd boy named David. And he's back watching the sheep and his daddy says to him, and his daddy's name is Jesse. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about the man in the Bible named Boaz. Boaz had a son named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse, and Jesse had a son named David. This is the lineage there. He comes from great, great bloodline. And so Jesse tells his son David, he said, I want you to take some, some plies, some blocks of cheese. They were Packer fans, a bunch of cheese heads. You guys got to lighten up tonight, okay? And so he says, I want you to go up to the front and I want you to check on your brothers, okay? So David comes strolling in, and this is where we're going to pick up in, oh, let's start in verse 20. Uh, let's start in verse 22. That's farther along. And David left, left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Now begin to get this picture, guys. The, back, back in verse 11, it said they were dismayed and fearful. Now they're greatly afraid. And one of the things that fear does, it causes us to flee. This is what's happening right here. These guys begin to flee. Verse 25, so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills them, that the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes. What a deal. Now, David right here, guys, he was amazed. He wasn't amazed with Goliath. He was amazed because of the Israelites and even his own brothers right here that they had forgotten who their God was. He was amazed that, that he basically was looking at them like, do you guys not know who God is? Does this Philistine, does he not know who our God is? And so look what goes on here. In verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now you know what he's saying here? I can't believe we're putting up with this. And David is saying, look here, who is this? Who does he think he is? He can't do this with us. Verse 27. 
And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. Now, I'm going to stop right there just for a second. What ends up happening right here is because of this spirit of fear, it tried to birth strife and division. How many of you have seen certain things in your homes, your life, that when the spirit of fear shows up, many times it will try to divide your family? It'll try to divide things. Actually, uh, I think it's Matthew eleven seventeen says that a house divided cannot stand. I believe the devil knows this. And so right here, the anger arises against uh, Eliab. And he goes on to say this in... Uh, Verse 28. And why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Now right here, because of what David does, there's a confrontation. And Eliab does not like what David's done. Guess why? Because of the confrontation that David brought it exposed Eliab. It exposed the fear. And so guess what Eliab does to David? He belittles David. He goes after David's character. Now what I begin to see in, in humanity, every one of us in this room, is when we're running some, from something, some form of fear in our life, we either react one or two ways. We start making excuses like they did. Remember what they said? Have you seen this guy? He's too big to kill. David's thought he's too big to miss. The second thing that I see, if we're not making excuses with fear in our life, we begin to try to blame other people. Even in my own life, guys, I can, I can start doing that. Instead of saying, this is what the Word of God says. This is what we're going to do. Many times it's easier, easy for us instead of to deal with it and confront it. Let's make excuses or let's blame somebody else. Each one of us in here, we've got to answer that question right now. Is that me? Think about this even in Jesus' life. The Pharisees tried to discredit Jesus. They tried to get Jesus to bow. Why? If you can be intimidated, you can be controlled. The devil knows this, guys, with every one of us. And he tries to come after, tries to intimidate us with things. Over and over and over and over again. Now, let's see what ends up happening here with O King David in verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is there not a matter? Is there not a word? In other words, you know what David was saying to him? Is what I said, is it not true? And in reality, this is what I believe David was really saying to Eliab and the rest of the army. He said, for 40 days and nights, this Yehu has come out and, and intimidated you, and none of you will do anything, so guess what God's got to do? He's got to get a man that will come in and, and, and finish the assignment because you guys won't. Now let me ask you something tonight. Is there a cause in our lives to stand up?
Absolutely. We can't keep running. I'm telling you, when the spirit of fear comes, guys, it, it comes after us to get us to run, to get us to compromise, to get us to bow. I don't know what you go there. Every one of us in here battle different things. You know, in, in my life right now, one area that I've got to really watch at times, I hate getting in confined spaces. Closed spaces. I'm telling you, it's almost like claustrophobia starts coming in. I, I, I can get in an elevator and there's more than a few people in there. I'm like, oh, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. This happened to me just a couple weeks ago. I was with my family at a water park. We go up all these steps. And when I get up there, there's three lines. Well, one of them was closed, so... Shelly said, well, let's just go to this one. So I just go on up, and I keep walking, and we keep walking, and we keep walking, and we keep walking. Before long, we get way up there, and heights don't bother me at all. But when I looked at that tube, I thought, oh, no. It was completely enclosed for a long way. I'm 52. You don't see 52-year-old men going back down the stairs. You see 10-year-olds and 8-year-olds. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. I'm telling you guys, it started rising up in me. And so I thought, I can go down it with my eyes closed. Well, you can't go down it with your eyes closed. It's like a pretzel that weaves in and out and you'll knock your head off if you don't see. And so the devil starts saying this to me. At 52, what's going to happen if you get stuck in there? I'm serious, guys. I'm looking, I'm sweating, and I'm watching all these little kids. And he gets up there and the light doesn't turn green. I keep saying, all right, Lord, you can help me through this. You can help. So I started going down through there. And guess what? Gravity ended up pulling me on out. And I'm still here. But once again, this is just an illustration that in life, the things that try to grip us, if I keep running. And so what the devil does, he tries to paint a picture. Tries to paint a picture. So, oh my God, I better quit telling stories and move on. Verse 30. You guys get me telling stories. Verse 30, then David turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And his people answered him as the first one did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Now Saul is saying, praise the Lord, we finally got one guy that's going to do it. Finally one of you scaredy cats. Verse 32, then David said to Saul, listen to this, boldly. He said, let no man's heart fail because of Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Remember Psalm 27, 1, he said this, Whom shall I fear? Whom shall David's like, I'm not fearing this guy. Verse 33, And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are youth, he a man of war from his youth. So when Saul sees David, he's like, Oh no, the odds in Vegas of this are horrible. And so what he starts doing is he starts belittling David. And he starts saying, you can't fight him. He's a man of war and you're just a little punk little redhead with freckles. But you know what David does? The next few verses, David begins to tell Saul his kingdom resume. And he says to him, he said, listen, king. I fought lions and bears. And he said, I even grabbed that one lion by the beard and I slung him around. And he's basically saying, lions and tigers and bears, who cares? I'm not moved by this. 
So in this passage here, you begin to see when you read all this why God said about David, he's a man after my own heart. Because David wouldn't bow to fear. David rose up, but little did David know his greatest challenge up to this point was fixing to happen. Verse 40, same chapter. Then David took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in a shepherd bag in a pouch which he had in a sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Now get that, get that. He drew near to him. He drew near to him. He didn't go and hibernate. Now, when we look at this, the things that David had, just in reading in the scriptures, you find out that he had a staff. I know he had a sling. He had a shield. And he had five stones. Why do I highlight that? Well, when you look at Ephesians 6, starting in about verse 14 through 18, it lists our armor. There's about seven or eight of them in there too. We've got an armor to put on. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. So David understood, i got to put these things on. So David gets all his war gear on, and he starts moving toward Goliath. Verse number 41. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He belittled him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So he said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And he cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, you come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. What he tried to do, guys, he tried to intimidate David with his size and even his words. And he was basically saying, You're insignificant. You're weak. And the last part of that verse when he said, I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds of there. You know what he was trying to do to David? He was trying to paint a picture on the inside of David of fear. That's what the devil will do to me and you if we'll allow him. He'll try to give you the worst picture he can. So we set the table here. All this junk that's going on, but this is what I love. Look at David's response. He didn't run. He didn't take off. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine. David said to the Philistine. Now highlight that right there. Because I believe each one of us, we've got to learn to talk back to the devil. There's times you've got to say, you shut up in the name of Jesus. And my grandkids will say, Poppy, we don't say shut up. Only to the devil we do. Tell him, shut up in the name of Jesus. And then devil, and, and David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defiled. Now I want you to get that tonight. How did he come? In the name of Jesus. Remember, we've talked over and over. Ephesians six seventeen, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus himself said in Luke 10, 19, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over a little bit of the power of the enemy. All, all. So David knew this. This is how David came. So then he goes on to say, this day, who? 
the Lord will deliver you into my hand. In other words, David knows, I've got to go. I can't sit around the, the fire and sing kumbaya. I've got to go, but the Lord's going to be the one that's going to deliver you. And so he goes on to say, I will strike you. I will take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Woo, hallelujah. So you know what he's saying to him? I'm not putting up with your junk, buddy. He declares the faithfulness of God. David knew how big God was. Don't ever despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day when you're keeping care of the sheep. When you got to fight a lion or a Don't despise those days. That begins to build up faith and you begin to understand, this is God. This is my God. And sometimes I believe it's important. We go back to victories we had in the kingdom of God. When you begin to use the name of Jesus, verse 47, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Now get this, verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and he came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Get this, guys. He ran toward it. He ran toward him. He didn't hide. Now, here's the question that I got to ask you when we read that. When David ran near him, did he fear? I believe on the outside he did. I believe everything on the outside, I believe he was shaking in his boot. Time out, I got to go to the bathroom. Remember, Psalms 27.3, what we read earlier. He said, in my heart, I will not fear. I've said this before, guys. There's times you can do it afraid. Everything on the outside of you may be shaken, but on the inside, there's a confidence and there's a boldness, just like David. And David, you know what he did? He confronted him. And he faced the spirit of fear with his brothers, with Saul, and ultimately with Goliath. And I believe that's what each one of us in this room have got to do. I've told you, man, the first few times that I, I spoke, I hated being in front of people. I used to have a big old podium, and everybody thought, man, that's a pretty podium. No, you know what it was for? I could hide behind it. Shaking. My legs were clanking and clacking, and I'd stutter and spit. and I still spit, but that's okay. I did it afraid. The Lord said, you've got to confront that. You've got to confront that. You've got to confront that. And so I'm giving you areas of my own life, guys, that I had to confront. I still have to confront at times. But guess what? When I begin to do this, guys, there's a confidence that will rest on us because of God. I've got to hang out with God. I've got to get around God. I've got to know who my God is. I've got to know who I am in Christ Jesus. And when that ugly head... A fear rises up. You say, not around here. Not around here. Even if you're shaking in your boots, even when things are happening, when there's chaos all around you, there's a confidence in my heart. You know what that confidence is? I can. I can do all things. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I thank you, Father God. 
And so I don't know what you're going into tonight, but we can look at great men of the Bible, great women of the Bible, and guess what? They had to step out by faith. They had to confront things too. Once again, I believe this is just part of the reason God said, he's a man after my own heart. He doesn't bow. He doesn't bow. He rises up. And so stand up here with me. I don't know what you're going through tonight again. I don't know what's happened around you. I don't know if there's chaos in your home, if there's division. I don't know what the spirit of fear is trying to do in your life. But I do know this. David said, how dare you come against the armies of the living God? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? And tonight, I double dog dare you to begin to speak the name of Jesus. And I'm talking, speak it with the confidence. Speak it with a boldness where you look and say, I'm not putting up with that. When that spirit of fear tries to come into your children's room tonight, you rise up and say, in the name of Jesus, who do you think you are? Because we kind of quit putting up with this stuff. And that's what I hear the Lord saying the last few weeks over. Quit putting up with things. Quit putting up with it. Let's bow our head. Father God, we love you tonight. Woo, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we don't have to fear. That our confidence comes from you, Lord. Our boldness comes from you. And we just pray, Lord, that right now on the inside, you're stirring ones back up to fulfill your desires, to fulfill your assignments that you've given ones. And I thank you, Lord, right now. Ones are rising back up. I pray you bless right now, Lord. Stir us up, Father God, that we quit running. We quit running. Now, let me ask you right now, what are you running from? What are you running from? can look different for every one of us in this room. But I think the Lord is saying right now, you don't have to run. You don't have to run. Woo, now Lord, we welcome you. We ask you to breathe on us in here right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.